0: This morning we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3 is where we're going to be. And in just a moment I'm going to remind us of what we have looked at the last couple of weeks. But before we do that, I'd like to begin with a thought that I know has been discussed in the past and Not only have I discussed it in the past, it's been discussed, I'm sure, by many others. But I think it works, and I think it can be a help to us if we will allow it to be. So we're going to enter into this message by talking about something we know, but the reminder is good. And the reminder is just this, is that all of us are extremely blessed individuals. Every one of us are extremely blessed individuals. I want us to think about how we are blessed or some of the ways in which we are blessed. And again, this would be true of every one of us, but every one of us could say with absolute confidence and absolute boldness that all of our needs are met. Every one of us have our most basic needs met. Every one of us have a roof over our head, Every one of us have food in our kitchen. Every one of us have clothes on our back. Every one of us, just we have the basic needs of this life met. Not only that, every one of us could say, if we were honest, we have more than what we need made available to us. Most of us don't need as much as we have by way of housing. Most of us don't need as much as we have by way of food. Most of us don't need as much as we have by way of clothes. And the list could continue. You understand this to be true. We don't, we don't just have our, our basic needs met. We have so many other needs provided for us. We're citizens of this great country. That may not excite us, but that's a blessing. You and I don't hear a whole lot about the Canadian dream. You and I don't hear a whole lot about the Australian dream. We don't hear a whole lot about the South American dream. But we do get to hear a whole lot about the American dream. What is provided right here in the United States. And, and, and we're citizens of this great nation. Most of us simply by being born here. Most of us enjoy good health and good strength and that truly is a blessing. I know that may not be true of everyone, but most of us enjoy good health and good strength and, and if we were honest, we'd have to say this, a lot of times when we don't enjoy the health and the strength that, that maybe we once did, it's not because of, of anything that has happened other than we didn't take care of ourselves like we should have. So I'm trying to show us, every one of us are blessed. We've got our needs met by way of the basic needs. We have more provided for us, really, than what we need. We're citizens of a great country. We have health. We have strength. We have so many things at our fingertips. And here's what is true. We have a tendency to take all of it for granted. We get used to it. We become familiar with it, and because we are used to it, because we're familiar with it, we just take it for granted. We pull up to our house, and we don't really think about the blessing associated with having that shelter provided for us. We can look in our clothes closet sometimes and think, we've got nothing to wear, or I'm tired of this, or I'm tired of that, I need to go buy something else. We take what we've already got. For granted. We take the food in our pantries for granted. We take our citizenship for granted. We take our health and our strength for granted. And every once in a while, we just need to be reminded of how blessed we are. Every once in a while, we need to be reminded of how blessed we are. With that in mind, I'd like us to remember what Paul has written to the believers of Ephesus in the previous verses. I think this is very important by way of context for this morning's message. But I want us to remember this, that Paul has said to these believers that as a result of their salvation, they now have access unto God. They can enter into the presence of God with confidence. They can enter into the presence of God with boldness. What an amazing thing to consider that they as mere mortal human beings had access into the presence of God because of their salvation. What an amazing thing. And just as it was true of them, that is also true of us, those of us who are saved. We have access to God with confidence and with boldness. We can go to God at any time, about anything. And then as Paul continued his thoughts, he wrote of how God is a source of strength and is willing to be that source of power and might. In the midst of the hard and difficult days, and just as that was true of the believers in Ephesus, it is also true for you and I today, those of us who are the children of God. And then last week, just to remind us of what we dealt with, Paul explained that because of salvation, that once we really begin to understand how much God loves us, we can begin to know God in ways that we would have never thought possible. We can know him as a source of strength. We can know him as a source of comfort. We can know him as a source of peace. We can know him as the friend that sticketh closer than a brother. There are so many ways in which we are able to know God simply because of the relationship that we have with him through Jesus Christ. So as you think about all the things that have been discussed, as you think about all the things that Paul has written about and we've tried to give our attention to, As Paul conveyed that being his thought and his prayer for them, we come now to verse number 20, which is a familiar portion of Scripture to many of us. And here's what Paul said in verse number 20 of Ephesians chapter 3. He said, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. I don't know if your church experience has been anything like my church experience over the course of your years But many times I have heard this verse quoted, I have heard this verse referenced, and I have heard it quoted and referenced without any measure of context. Have you had a similar experience at all with that verse? We've heard things like this. A teacher or a preacher say something with conviction and with with great passion. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. And that verse is then stated or used to remind the listener that God is capable of doing whatever he wants to do. That there are no limits to the power of God. And while that is true, we need to remember this, that this verse is actually written in light of other thoughts that are being conveyed. Okay, so I could stand up here this morning and I could tell you that there is nothing our God cannot do. I could stand up here this morning and tell you that no matter what you need in life, God is able and God is capable and God has the ability to do so. And all that would be true, but we really do need to consider these words in light of the context. So when Paul says there in verse number 20 that he is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think, we've got to look in verse number 21 and see what Paul said next as these thoughts kind of wrap up. He he said this, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end, amen. Amen. So Paul says in verse number 21, of the exceeding abundant power of God, that it is him, God, who is worthy of glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. So as we think about verse number 21, I want us to think about some of the words that Paul uses. He uses the word church in this verse, does he not? All right, so as Paul uses the word church, as we talked about a few weeks ago in one of the Sunday night messages, we've got to be reminded of what the church is. The church is not a building. The church is not a location. The church is not an address. The church is made up of the individuals who assemble with one another. All right, so we could say it like this, you and I are the church. This building is not the church. This property is not the church. You and I, we are the church. So this is written to the believers. And so what Paul said is of the church, here is what is true, that Christ or God, he is worthy of glory in the church by Christ Jesus. So whenever he says unto him be glory, What is glory a reference to? Well, the word glory is a reference to praise or a reference to thanksgiving. It is a reference to praise or a reference to thanksgiving. And so what Paul is saying is this is God is worthy of praise and God is worthy of thanksgiving in our lives. Those of us who make up the church, God is worthy of thanksgiving for this reason, that he is a God with exceeding abundant ability to do all that we could ask or think and even more than that. Think about this for just a moment, that in the course of our lives, and I know I mentioned this a few weeks ago, but in the course of our lives, we have never gone to God with a problem that he could not solve. We have never gone to God with a burden that he could not lift. We have never gone to God with some kind of stress in our life that he was not able to eliminate. We have never gone to God with a situation where God said, that one's out of my league. God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think because of his power. Now again, I know this is review, but but God is capable to be everything in our lives that we need him to be. And in all the ways that we would need to know God, in all the ways that we would desire to know God, God is always able to make himself that to us. So if we need comfort, he is comfort. If we need peace, he is peace. If we need strength, he is strength. If we need that friend, he is our friend. Every way in which we need to know God over the course of our lives, God is able to be known. So it is important for us to realize this, that God, because of his exceeding abundant power, because of all that he is, we will never max out his resources, and it is because of that that, that Paul said that he or unto him be glory in the church. So what is our responsibility is this, is to express this praise or gratitude unto God. To express praise or gratitude unto God. Now, if I'm supposed to express praise and gratitude, if it's your responsibility to express this glory, this praise and gratitude unto God because of all that he is, the question might be this then. Where do I do this at? If I'm supposed to give God the glory, if I'm supposed to give God the praise, if I'm supposed to express my gratitude unto God, then then where should I do this at? And the answer, I believe, is found in what Paul didn't say. I believe the answer is found in this, that in every area of our lives, we should be people who express the glory and the praise and the thanksgiving to our God because of the God that he is in our lives. See, here's what happens sometimes, and I know that many of you know this to be true, but sometimes we'll come together in a church setting like we did on Wednesday night, and, and I'll say something like this. Does anyone have a blessing you'd like to, to give praise for tonight? Does anybody have a blessing you'd like to share with us? And, and it's in those moments that we may or may not feel led to, to report some kind of blessing that God has bestowed on us, but I would say this, that it is always appropriate to give praise unto God in the house of God. It is appropriate to give praise and glory and thanksgiving unto God for what He has been to us and for what He does for us. So I'm not saying you're wrong if you didn't give a testimony Wednesday night. I'm not saying you're wrong if you don't give one in the future. But I'm just saying this. It is highly appropriate for us to give glory unto God in a church setting when given a chance to tell how wonderful God has been in our lives. There are other places in which the glory of God can be expressed and ought to be expressed. It can and ought to be expressed in our home life. It's highly appropriate in the midst of our home to constantly and to regularly give glory unto God for all that He is in our lives. Now, we're going somewhere with this, so stick with me, okay? It is something that is appropriate. It is something that is right. It is something that is good for us to consistently give glory unto God, to praise Him and to give thanksgiving unto Him for all that He is and for all that He does. It's okay, it's appropriate, and it's right to give glory unto God in our extended families aunts, uncles, cousins, brothers, sisters, in-laws, whomever it may be, it's appropriate to sing praise or to give glory unto him. We're saved. We're children of God. We've known his strength. We've known his power. We've known his help. We've known his encouragement. Whatever it is, and, and we have known him in whatever way we've needed to know him, it's okay if the family hears it. It's okay to give glory unto God in the place where we work. Around a co-worker, around a boss, uh, around a peer, around someone who may, may be beneath you by way of position or status. It doesn't really matter who it is. It's okay to give glory unto God. Trying to show us this, that there is never a wrong place or a wrong time to give glory unto God. So whether it be in the house of God, with the people of God, whether it be in our own homes, with our own family, whether it be in an extended family situation, whether it be in a work situation, or maybe even with a random stranger because of how a conversation has been struck up or started, it's okay to just give God the glory for who he is, for what he's been, and continues to be in our lives. Now, why is it appropriate for us to give glory in the church as believers by Christ Jesus? Why is it appropriate for us to do that? Because here's what Paul said. He said, throughout all ages, world, without end. Amen. What what does that mean? What is the idea behind that statement? Well, it means this, that the glory that is given by the church or by the believers, it's something that needs to be done perpetually. It's something that needs to be an ongoing process. This needs to be something that does not end in our lives. See, if God does something good for me, I need to be willing to share it. I need to be willing to share it if it felt led to in the church family, wh- wherever it may be. I need to, to be willing to express this glory. Because the glory that God deserves is something that is unending. And we could say it like this. That attitude of expressing glory needs to be passed on to others and to future generations. God is perpetually worthy of the glory, he said, throughout all ages, world without end. As long as this world exists, as long as there are men and women on this earth, here is what God is worthy of. He is worthy of glory. He is worthy of praise. He is worthy of thanksgiving. And friends, if you and I aren't doing it, we can't expect anyone else to be doing it. See, think about this for just a moment. It's kind of an awkward setting. It's kind of an awkward situation, is it not? If a preacher says, who has a blessing you'd like to share, and everyone just sits quiet. So what's it teaching others in the church to do? It's teaching others to remain silent when they have an opportunity to sing praise and glory unto God. Now, I'm not saying that every time opportunity is given, we've got to have 100% participation, but I'm just saying this, if we're not willing to do it, we really couldn't expect anyone else to do it, could we? I'm just saying it is right and it is appropriate for us and it needs to be perpetual. It needs to be something that is ongoing. Whenever given a chance, we need to give God glory for what he has done in our lives. Think about this, please, for just a moment. It really needs to be done in our homes because if we're not going to do it in front of our children, we can't expect our children to be willing to give God the glory and the honor and the praise for what he's done in their lives. It needs to be an ongoing reproducing activity that takes place in our lives. Our kids need to know that God is the one who has done this, and God is the one who has been this to us, and it is God who has been faithful to us, and we're going to give God the glory so as to teach them, hopefully, to do the same that God would give them, him the glory when God works in their lives. You can't expect fellow Christians in other places of of our lives to be willing to give God glory if we're not giving God glory. Don't sit around waiting for the co-worker to give God glory if we won't do it. Don't expect the church family, not the church family, but the extended family rather, to give God glory if we don't. I, I just want us to see this, that God is worthy of this always, at all times, and forever. But if we're not willing to do it, we can't expect the next generation or someone else to take care of this. No, it is imperative. It is is on us that we be the ones who give God the glory. So this morning, if I were to ask us how many of us give God glory like we ought, I think if we were really truly honest, the response would be mixed at best. I think some this morning would give testimony to this thought, this idea, that the ability to enter into the presence of God and to do so with boldness and confidence is something that still amazes them and still overwhelms them. The fact that you and I, we got to go into the presence of the Lord this week and spend time in prayer, how amazing is that? It still overwhelms us. I think that would be the testimony of some. I think some would still have this testimony or some would be of this this way of thinking. To to think of all God has been in our lives, all God has been for us over the years, his faithfulness and and how he has proven himself to us, it's something that that still amazes and overwhelms us, and we express the the gratitude and the praise to God for that. I think that would be the attitude of some. But I think if we were completely honest as a church family, here's what many of us would have to admit. That giving the glory unto God for all that he is, for all that he's been and continues to be. I think many of us would have to admit that he doesn't get the glory like he deserves. He doesn't really get the glory And the praise and the thanksgiving that, God, I can come to you at any time in my life. About any situation facing my life. It's not really anything that that produces or prompts the glory in the life of that person. To say, God, everything that I have always needed you to be, you have always been in my life. And and God, I have known you in ways that I would have never dreamed possible. And and God, you've been my strength, you've been my power, you've been my help, you've been my might. I think a lot of times we don't express the gratitude for that like we ought. Why is that? because we have a tendency to take it for granted. Just like we've gotten so used to our home, we've gotten so used to food in the pantry, we've gotten so used to clothes in the closet, we've gotten so used to so many things that are afforded to us, I think if we're honest, most of us would have to admit we have gotten so used to to this relationship that we have with the Lord that we now take it for granted. And so it no longer overwhelms us that we get to enter into his presence. It no longer overwhelms us that he has been the source of strength and power and and encouragement and might in the midst of the hard times. It, It no longer overwhelms us that God continues to be our friend. We are so used to it that we don't give him the praise like we ought. And as a result... Fellow believers, the next generation, those who are responsible just as much as we are to give glory unto God, they're not doing it either. Because we're a very spoiled group of people by way of our relationship with Him. And this morning, I don't know where you're at. Obviously, I don't know where you're at in your personal thoughts, your personal feelings, your personal Efforts of expression toward God. I don't know where you're at. But I'd ask you to consider this question. How often do we give him glory for who he is? He is a God who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we would ask or think. That's a wonderful thing. How often do we thank him for who he is? How often do we find ourselves overwhelmed with who God is and the fact that we have a relationship with Him, that we can come to Him again anytime with anything and that He is faithful to be exactly what we need if you're taking Him for granted? Let me just encourage you, let me just challenge you to take a minute and to step back and try to imagine what your life would be without the relationship. your life and my life would look dramatically different than what it does. Try to imagine what your life would look like without all of his influence, without all of his help, without all of his strength throughout the days. And I'm telling you, if that doesn't provoke within us a desire to give glory unto God, probably not much will. But he is worthy of it. He is deserving of it. And it needs to come from us as much as it needs to come from anyone else. Are we giving God glory or have we gotten so used to him that we take him for granted? Let's all stand this morning and bow our heads for prayer. Fathers, we come to you this morning, Lord, I know that Just a simple message, just a simple thought. Lord, I certainly need the reminder to not take you for granted.